0: Today is Tuesday, November 1st, and we're taking things one day at a time here on the Outside the Oval podcast, the newest running experience on the internet, and wow, it is crazy to say it is already November. It felt like just yesterday, the cross-country season was getting started, and even before that, feels like just yesterday I started this podcast, and now we're 21 episodes in, and we're kind of speculating on what is going to happen at the national meet already. And from today, we're just a little less than two weeks from the regional meets and it's a really great time to be a fan of collegiate running. On today's show, I'm going to get you up to speed with some of the weekend's top performances across the country as well as taking a brief look ahead to the final three weeks of the cross-country season season I'm also going to be joined by two guests, the first from the University of Utah, who finished as the runner-up in this weekend's Pac-12 Championships, Emily Venters, and a little later, the ACC Champion from Notre Dame, Carter Solomon, will also join the show and help me break down his ACC Championship victory. But as always, I'm not going to keep you waiting, and we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to start at the SEC Championships. Not to toot my own horn here, but I did do a pretty good job predicting this one, going 4 for 4 predicting all four races correctly. Um, And that starts with the women's race, where Parker Valby was simply flawless, taking down Mercy Chalanga, who helped lead her team to another SEC championship. But the big storyline here, of course, was Parker Valby. I know last week I justified my individual women's rankings and explained why Caitlin Tuohy was frankly still my number one. However, if I were to rank the top five individuals again, I'm going to be honest. I'm ranking Parker Valby number one this week. Up until this point, Caitlin Tui, she's done nothing but impress us. She's done nothing to warrant anything except that number one spot, but that should be enough to show you just how impressive Parker Valby has been this season. She has dominated both races. She, races she has been in this season, and she's done so in decisive fashion, leaving no doubt as to who is the best runner on the course day in and day out, which is really going to make for an intriguing national championship race in Stillwater in just about 18 days from today. But we'll save that discussion for another time, as there will be plenty of time to debate these two in the future. Now on to the men's side. Alabama, they also took care of business, taking down Tennessee, and a result I'm not sure too many were expected. But if you take a look at the results, exactly what I said would happen made all the difference in the world. And it, it was a very small race. Alabama's fourth and fifth runners, they were just able to finish high enough uh, to support that big three that they had in front of almost every race. And at the end of the day, it was enough to take down a much more lethal Tennessee team. Like I've said before, moving forward, I do believe Tennessee has the edge over Tennessee or in, over Alabama, but in a much more like smaller field Alabama still is going to hold that advantage moving forward, more crowded field, more competition. I like Tennessee. They're going to have the advantage, especially with Nate Hollowick and Carl Thiessen back into the fold, but Victor Kiprop, he led the way here, keeping his undefeated season intact en route to defeating Dylan Jacobs and Yasin Abdallah, both really seemed to need another race to help solidify themselves as legitimate individual contenders entering regionals, and I think they did exactly that this weekend. Wouldn't be surprised to see one of them knock off Kiprop for the first time and win the South uh, South Regional this coming week. But the SEC Championship was not the only exciting conference championship that took place this weekend. If we take a quick look at a few other races, we can start in the ACC, where Carter Solomon took down Parker Wolf in dramatic fashion, closing in a 239 final 1000 meters, which is actually mostly uphill. Uh, The showdown really seemed to kick off the exciting conference championship weekend. And Solomon's upset win over Wolf was not only dramatic, but it solidified himself as a legitimate championship contender. And it really carries a lot of momentum for himself heading into the final two races of the season. I was actually able to talk to Carter, like I mentioned, a few days after his conference championship victory. And this is what he had to say about the race. I am here with Carter Solomon of Notre Dame, who's coming off an ACC championship this weekend. Carter, thanks for taking the time to talk for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Oh.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad to have you on the show today, and uh, the ACC championships this weekend, they went pretty well for you, could you tell me about how that race went for you and break it down just a little bit?
1: Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a pretty good weekend, um, you know, a coach told us before that you know, the individual spot was kind of wide open, um, he said, you know, we've got a, a couple guys that could, could run for the win, um, and it On race day, I felt good and kind of went for it, and it it panned out well.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and you definitely have popped off on the scene as of late, finishing ninth at Nutty Comb just a few weeks ago, and of course, considering what you just did at the ACC Championships, you have a lot of momentum on your side entering the final three weeks of the season. So, what kind of goals and aspirations do you have for the rest of your season?
1: Yeah, um, I think that the big goal is get the team through the regional. and make it to the national as a team. Um, it's definitely something that, you know, we can't overlook. It's part of the process. Everyone has to go through it. Right. Um, and then, you know, our team's got a lot of pieces. Uh, if we, you know, all fires, all cylinders are firing, we can do something. I think, special at the, at the national meet. Uh, so we've got some goals on the team, on the team side of things uh, that we're all looking forward to and super excited about, uh, regardless of how we performed at a uh, bit of a rough day, but, you know, we, we have pieces that, certainly are still in the cards. Um, and then individually um, finish all American is, is the goal. Um, and we'll see how high we can, we can finish on the day.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. And like you kind of mentioned this weekend, didn't go exactly how your team wanted it to go, but you look back at the rest of the season, there's no reason to doubt you guys won't rebound and perform at the Great Lakes regional in a few weeks uh, but before I let you go. If you had to narrow it down to just one goal, what is that goal that this team has? Is it to compete at that regional level, kind of win the regional? Or is it maybe a certain specific placement at nationals?
1: I think winning the region would be would be pretty cool. Um, but again, top two get through. Um, and I think Wisconsin's the other team that, uh, you know, it's, it's looking really strong this year. So. Um, certainly looking at regionals, but I think that the main goal is nationals and getting ready for that uh, that race in Stillwater in three weeks.
0: Absolutely. Great goals. And Carter, I appreciate you coming on the show today, and I wish you and your team nothing but the best moving forward.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: It was great chatting with Carter, and I look forward to the rest of his season. But moving forward on the team side of things in the ACC, Wake Forest really ran away with the thing. Now, I will admit, at the first 1,000-meter marker, I remember thinking to myself, wow, (laughs) this team might be in some trouble. I really thought this team had the chance at the time. I was thinking this. Wow, I was like, wow, this team, I thought they had a chance to beat NAU or maybe even Oklahoma State at the national meet. However, they turned things around the 3K and made it no contest, winning the race by a wide margin, beating Syracuse, who kind of surprised everyone. They ended up finishing second while North Carolina rounded out the top three, just finishing one point behind Syracuse. But it was Notre Dame, like Carter mentioned, who finished uh, fourth this weekend. And they entered the race ranked sixth in the uh, NCAA. But this was a loaded field, I will admit. And Virginia, on their own home course, finished sixth. So, So there was a lot of unexpected results in this one. And as dramatic as the men's race was, the women's race was almost as good. To no surprise, Tui, Caitlin Tui, ran away with the race, winning her third straight race of the year. But it was the women from Notre Dame who made this one good. Once again, showing that the NC State Wolfpack squad, they're far from bulletproof. Tui and Kelsey Chimmel, they led the way for NC State, finishing one and two. But the Irish put four inside the top eight, while their number five finished 14th. And they nearly pulled off the biggest upset of the season, coming just four points shy of taking down NC State who's really yet to live up to the expectations they were given at the beginning of the season. Now, I am aware this is not the team we expected to see this season, and they've yet to race at full strength. But if they have to, if they've yet to race at 100% this season, I'm not sure we will ever see them there this year at all. Whatever the case is, this NC State team has got to get it figured out soon. Oklahoma State, they looked lethal this past weekend, cruising to a Big 12 championship, while New Mexico did much of the same to win their 15th straight Mountain West Conference championship. Not only that, but Alabama, they've really started to look like a team that could get things going at the national meet, maybe contend for one of those podium spot, spots. And now you throw in Notre Dame, throw them into the mix, and you can make the case that they are there are four teams capable of knocking off this NC State team that we really thought was invincible just two months ago. With that being said, I still think NC State... This NC State team is the most talented roster in the entire NCAA. Tui is the best and most consistent low stick you could possibly have. Kelsey Chimmel is just as good. Sidney Seymour and Sam Bush have performed well all year. And I understand why a lot of people are getting caught up in these close races that they continue to find themselves in, but I don't personally think there's anything to worry about. With all these close finishes, there's been one constant. That constant has been winning. And that's ultimately what's most important. It has been far from pretty, but the NC State team, they're very gritty, nonetheless. They have faced adversity. They've gritted through some difficult races, and they've yet to perform at the level that was expected of them, and that's what I really like about them. They have a chip on their shoulder heading into the final two races of the postseason, and they've got to be champion at the bit to prove their critics wrong. Now, a lot, of, a lot can change in our sport, especially in 18 days following regionals. But if it were me, right now on November 1st, I would pick the Wolfpack and win their second straight national championship. I like where this team's headed, like the talent. I really do think they're going to get it done at Stillwater as of now. Switching gears, though, real quickly, taking a look at some other notable results. Stanford, BYU, Northern Arizona, and Oklahoma State, they all cruised easy victories this weekend on the men's side. Stanford, they look stellar again, taking down a talented Pac-12 field in dominating fashion, scoring just 22 points and once again proving why they're the favorites to win this team championship in Stillwater. But BYU is a team that continues to give us all reasons to believe that they are they belong in the championship conversation. They put seven in the top eight, scoring just 18 points in route to a 50-point victory against both Gonzaga and Portland. Then there's also Oklahoma State, They dominated the Big 12 and ran a pretty low-key race with Victor Shitsama. He ran pretty comfortably in the back of the pack, still scoring all-conference honors. And Isaiah Rodriguez, he was shaking off the rust in his return to the cross-country course. And all three of these teams, they executed their race plan perfectly this weekend, and they await their impending matchup in just a few weeks. And then in the big sky, not only did NAU dominate, but it was Nico Young who possibly cemented himself as a runner to beat for the individual championship. But I am going to stop myself before heading down that road. I probably sound like a broken record, but the individual championship is still anyone's race. And there's not going to be a favorite until the last thousand meters on November 19th in Stillwater. But I do want to take a quick break from talking about the conference championship weekend and instead spend a few minutes diving deeper into that Big Sky Championship, because I think there is a lot to unpack there. I think it's time someone says it. This Northern Arizona team, as is, they are, it is not good enough to win the national championship this season. As far as BYU and Oklahoma State goes, I've not closed a book on them yet. Stanford's my one, followed by those two teams. I do think there are a few paths. That could possibly give the inside track to Oklahoma State or BYU to win that national championship, but you take a look at this NAU roster. It's really hard to find anything that gives me any hope that Coach Mike Smith can turn this thing around. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things working in Flagstaff right now. Nikki Yun and Drew Bosley. They are fat. They are a fantastic one-two punch. These two race well together, and they can take down any other one-two in this country. Um, but that's not the problem. Behind them is what concerns me. And it's not just one problem. It's an entire laundry list of them. To begin, Brody Hasty, he's not been the runner he needed to become this season. I fully expected Hasty to be rocking and rolling with the top guys this season. Maybe at Nutty scoring a top 10 finish. But he has fallen short of those lofty expectations. Then there's George Quaish, who also, he continues to come up short when this team is in need of someone to step up. And then you also got Colin Solomon, who has been good, he's coming on too late. I think coach Smith recognized he needed Solomon's scoring to stay competitive, but he brought him in on, I think just two weeks too late. I think long-term we're talking about a potential national champion in Colin Solomon. And even at the national meet, which is more than a month from when he first laced up to spikes at Nuttycomb, I still think he could creep into an all American position, but it is, I think a little bit too late. And it's a lot to ask of a true freshman in this big of a spot. Then you also got Ryan Raff and Theo Quay, who are two runners who have been, they've been held to high standards their entire career at Northern Arizona, but they've just been unable to take that next step that NAU has always hoped they really could. But I'm not going to sit here, though, and say I believe there's 0% chance that NAU wins the national championship. I'd be silly for saying that. Coach Smith has proven time and time again why he's one of the best coaches in re- recent memory. He knows how to peak his runners and when the best time to do that is. Not only that, but this roster is loaded with unbelievably gifted talent. Um, every runner I just read out from Quay, Nico Yun, uh, Raf, Quay, the entire seven man roster is incredibly talented, incredibly gifted. But from an outsider's point of view, as it stands today, of the core four teams we've been talking about all season, I believe they're the least capable of getting it done. But until then, I am still very excited to see how this team races at the regional meet and stacks up against BYU, Air Force, and Colorado. Wouldn't be surprised, actually, if they won this race. I think they have a lot to prove, especially this season, and they'd love to stick it to these four teams who are really going to be probably out there cruising because they know they have enough points to make it into the national meet. As an out large, wouldn't be surprised to see NAU win that one. A little bit of chip on their shoulder, excited for that race quite a bit. But getting back on track, the last conference championship I want to take a look at is the Women's Pac-12 championship. Entering the weekend, this one was one I was paying a close eye to. There were loads of talent in this race, and with a lot of teams competing for that team championship, I really wanted to see who's going to kind of prevail. I think it's going to be very telling moving forward. Um, and ended up being Colorado, who scored the victory, which is a team I kind of wrote off. Um I went with the underdog in this race, picking Utah over Stanford, who seemed to be the most popular pick. But like I said, it was Colorado who walked away Pac-12 championships, just as everyone seemed to write them off for the season, including myself. Uh, Utah, they did end up finishing tied with the Buffaloes, but they lost on a heartbreaking tiebreaker break, tie and ended up awarding Colorado their fifth Pac-12 championship in the last eight years. Individually, it was Bailey Hertenstein, who became the second straight Pac-12 champion from Colorado. In fact, a little interesting fact here, she became the second straight uh, Big Ten transfer from Colorado to win a Pac-12 championship, as Hartenstein previously attended Indiana, whereas Abby Nichols won last season, and she previously attended Ohio State. Behind Hertenstein in second, though, was Emily Venters of Utah, who has had an incredible season so far. She sat down with me for a few minutes Sunday for a conversation, and this is what she had to say about the race as well as the rest of her season. I'm now here with Emily Venters of Utah, who is coming off a second-place finish at the Pac-12 Championship. Emily, thanks for taking the time to talk to me for a few minutes.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad to have you on the show this morning. Uh, Could you tell me a little bit about yesterday's Pac-12 race and how it went?
2: Yeah. Um, it was exciting. Um, you know, I think that after it sunk in a little bit, like, and I got, we got back to Salt Lake, um, actually got kind of like, you know, a little bit, I don't know, not necessarily angry, but a little bit, just like that I lost and the team lost too. You know, I hadn't really sunk in while I was there. I was happy in the moment, but then like, of course, like we're never really satisfied, you know, at the end of the day. But um, I think, you know, conference is not like the end all be all, of course, of the season. And so none of us had really tapered yet. And we just went into it, you know, not putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, just like going to race how we have been all season. And so I think that helped a lot. But going forward, I know that we have bigger goals. And so we're excited to see where we can get.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. You guys have a really good squad, and you guys did have a good performance the other day. Um, Team ran well. Obviously, ended up tying the race, lost on a tiebreaker. But I still think, like you mentioned, you didn't have to taper for this race. So what does this performance really do for you as a team heading into regionals?
2: I think it just, yeah, it gives us a lot of confidence and puts a little chip on our shoulder that we have more to prove and that we haven't, that, you know, people haven't seen... Utah at full strength yet, maybe, um, hopefully. Um, and then going into regionals, uh, we should have enough points that we will qualify. So just being able to run the race kind of relaxed and conservative and just with, with the other schools who have already qualified too, should be nice to not have to like race and
0: feel um, a lot of pressure to like qualify at that meet. Right. And just with just two weeks until regionals, you've really asserted yourself as a legitimate contender on the women's side. You really look capable of taking home all-American honors this season. So in the final three weeks of the season, do you have any personal goals uh, for nationals and regionals?
2: I mean, just keep to keep doing the same thing I have been all season. Um, going into the race calm-minded and just knowing that I deserve to be up there up front with the leaders. I know that I'm capable of running with the leaders when someone makes a move. I know I'm capable of like, you know, staying with myself and solely covering it. Um, and then I think the last thing will just be Um, practice you know that like speed for the last little bit because that seems to be the place that still always gets me and so hopefully the tapering a little bit will help me find the wheels at the end but um, I'm excited for to have nationals in Oklahoma because I do think that the hilly course is going to play to my strengths a lot and so I mean I want to place as high as I can and I know that I'm capable of placing really high if I just continue to believe in myself and like, yeah, find, find that cake at the very end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Emily, it's been great having you on the show today. I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of your season goes. Thanks. Again, I want to thank Emily for taking the time to talk to me this weekend. I wish her and her team the best of luck moving forward this postseason. But with that, Conference Championship Week is all but wrapped up. Our focus is now all on regionals where every team has their eye on making the NCAA National Championships. Next week, I'm going to spend the entire show breaking down each regional, or to the best of my ability, each regional, and doing my best to predict all 32 qualifiers in the men's and women's races to the NCAA Championship race, which is sure to be a lot of fun. It'll be a loaded show, and this is going to be one you're not going to want to miss. But thank you all for joining me today. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Outside the Oval for more exclusive content such as predictions, rankings, cross-country history, and more. That's all I got for you today. I will catch you all next time on Outside the Oval.